All right, welcome to We Talk Sports. I am your host, Brett Pinelli, and I'm also joined by your co-hosts, Griffin Bauer and Ryan Horst. And today is going to be a different episode, despite this being our first episode. And I know not really anyone's going to really listen to this, but uh, we got to talk about the DeMar Hamlin incident last night. Um, I wasn't able to watch the, um, the game, but I just heard how horrific it was, and I was seeing clips. And uh, it's just a very scary sight to see in an NFL game. Um, you just hate to see it. Um, I have no idea what they're going to do with the game, and I don't think that really matters right now. But all that matters is that DeMar is safe. Uh, so what do you guys think about that? I'm, like, Were you guys watching the game? No, I was not watching the game. But I, uh, I was in the middle of actually watching uh, episode four of Star Wars. And I got a notification on my phone, saw some people talking about it, and uh, immediately went downstairs, talked to my parents, because, I mean, even though I wasn't watching the game, it was a scary sight, just to, to see something like that happen. And, I mean, I've never seen a group of NFL players react the way they did to a situation. Which no, I know. Like, it, like, I was seeing clips online of, like, Josh Allen, like, he was, yeah, like, like Josh Allen, like, all the Bills teammates. And it was like it was a really cool thing to see, like all the Bengals fans going to the uh, the hospital. And oh yeah, yeah. especially um, one thing I like to point out is how much of a leader I think Stephon Diggs showed he was. I don't yes, know, like a bunch of highlights about him showing up to the hospital, saying he needs to be there for his teammate. I mean, he's just a great guy. But also, I think it was even more impressive what um, Bills Mafia did with his fundraiser. Um, yes. It was originally exactly. before his injury, his fundraiser to um, start a toy drive after the pandemic was at around, I think it was like $10,000, and now it's over a million dollars. Just yes. crazy what the NFL community can do. Yeah, it was like, it's just a, it's a horrible situation. You know, you hate to see it. Um, and, like, uh, it's just, we, we got it. We, we can't talk about this and not bring up yeah. the Skip Bayless oh, uh, comments on Twitter. Um, that like, I love their show. I love Shannon Sharp, and I and I, I love I love Skip Bayless too. But like, you just can't even defend that. That's just like that's just disgusting in my no, opinion. Not a huge watcher of the show, but I mean, obviously, if if you know anything about sports, you know that Skip Bayless is known to uh sometimes get a little controversial. And I think that you know what I think he was just trying to fulfill his role as being a controversial. He just overstepped some sort of. I mean. Like, I just don't think he realized that it really is bigger than football. And like, you know, he clearly just, he doesn't have an understanding of what's going on. Like, this I man, mean, his heart like, stopped. Like, yeah. this is, this is a lot, this is a human being that is fighting for his life and he's just worried about, you know, what, like, the game. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I don't, and, and like you said, he's trying to make that controversial take, but this is not the time to do that was, whatsoever. Wait, and I mean, I, I saw this post last night on Instagram. So many players were mad at him, and like, respectfully, so they're like, People were like saying, "Like, oh my God, this guy should be fired!" Like, I, lots of stuff. Though. No, I I could see them like taking some action. You like, think, I don't know what you they're gonna do. Like, I, if like, like imagine like how Shannon Sharp's feeling, or like any any of his coworkers. Like, you know, this I don't want to work with this, like with this guy. Yeah. Like, it's disgusting. Like, no, um, I I don't know if they'll fire him, but I think honestly, if they were, I don't think most people would be that upset just because it's just a terrible take. Yeah, like I, they're, they're my favorite talk show. And um, I would not be sad or disappointed if they 
moved on without Skip Bayless. And I and I and I've always loved Skip Bayless, but it's just like recently, like the comments you made about Shannon Sharp on the show. Yep. Um, you know, that could be, you know, said as like, you know, like one of those horrible takes by Skip Bayless. Yeah. But this is just too far. Um, too far. Yeah. definitely. Um well, thoughts on Stu's family, but I mean, luckily he is in critical or stable condition now. Um, yeah. They're apparently having cardiac but. Exactly. So I, I think we should move on from that topic. It's very, very sad topic. Um, so we're just going to jump to, um, I would say, our first, like, you know, we just got our NFL Sunday results. Um, it wasn't like, an ex, like a, a super exciting Sunday, but definitely some things um, notably happened. Um, I think we can first talk about how the Eagles um, have dropped to 13-3 and as they lose 20-10. Um, to 10. Uh, so what are your thoughts? Uh, I was at the game. It was a, one of the worst first halves of football I've ever watched um, by the Gardner Minshew-led offense uh, of Philadelphia. Um, it was, uh, for me, it was very conflicting. Uh, it was a very poorly played first half, but that second half we picked it up. I just couldn't get the job done. Uh, Griffin, were you watching the game? No, I did not get a chance to watch the game, um, but... Obviously, I was checking up on the score and uh, didn't turn out best for the Eagles. I think, I think honestly, it goes to show even more how valuable Jalen Hurts is to the team. Um, if that's if anything has been shown over these last two weeks, you know, I, 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 it's hard to tell because obviously the Saints are not that great, and you know, Minshew put up a pretty good game against the Cowboys. Griffin, um, Griffin, let me, let me come in and say something here. You know. Over right. the last couple of days, I've been seeing a lot of Gardner Minshew hate, and I've been seeing a bunch of people going, Hurts is the system, you know, this is proof, it's all Hurts. You know, yeah, I think, I think it has been shown that Hurts has been undervalued by a lot of the media lately, but I, I do want to bring up one very, very important point, Griffin. You know okay. what I want to say? Yes. There was no Lane Johnson against the Saints, and it showed, because he- here's why. Here's why. I think it was Jack Driscoll that goes into right tackle, yeah? It is. He is so bad. He's terrible. I was watching the full Eagle-Saints game because I, I wasn't watching Red Zone, and that was the game that was on local listing. I'm not an Eagles fan, but I was watching the full entire game. Gardner Minshew, when he did drop back, and I noticed he didn't drop back very much. When he was throwing, it was usually RPO situations or it was usually play action. But yep. when he was just dropping back and shotgun, I don't think Jack well. Driscoll won a, a single 1v1. And yes, Hertz has more mobility and more elusiveness than Gardner. So if he was in that situation, he gets sacked less than Gardner did, and he takes less pressure. However... The, the difference between the part of the Cowboys game where Lane Johnson was in the game and the Saints game is huge. He had way more time against the Cowboys, which is why he puts up 34 instead of 10. Yeah, I, I, don't wanna, uh, I don't even don't think he played that great against Dallas. So if you're looking at the stats, I'm looking right here. The Saints had six sacks on Sunday, um, and there were zero sacks, actually, by the Cowboys. On, uh, and that's one of the best defensive defensive fronts in the league. Yeah, that's true. I you know I think that's a good point. 
But at the same time, you also did kind of prove my point with saying that although the sacks are definitely noticeable and the fact that Lane Johnson was not in the game is huge for the Eagles, um, you know, Jalen Hurts would still be in a better situation than Gardner Minshew. Obviously, he's the QB1. But I, I still think it's interesting. I, you know, I, just, I guess I just didn't realize that the Cowboys had zero sacks against the Eagles. Uh, my takeaways from being at the game with Minshew is I, I think the Lane Johnson um, – being injured had a massive, massive impact on it. But I was seeing him not only just miss throws, miscommunication. You know, we had plays where A.J. Brown's running a, uh, a curl route yeah. and he's throwing up the sideline out of bounds, thinking he's running a fade route. I just don't even think Minshew has that big of grasp on the offense, which is weird to think as uh, he's been on the team for about two years now. Um, like, the offensive line in general didn't even play well as well. All the flags, Jack Driscoll being in there, like Ryan said, like he's getting beat almost every single goddamn time. Lane Johnson hasn't given up a sack and I don't even know how long. Um, it's just, I don't know, everything was just not working well. I think it was some of the worst play calling I've ever seen out of Shane Steichen, especially in that first half. Like They have worked such a good game plan about around Jalen Hurts, but they just could not figure out anything with Minshew. Like, um, like at all, like about the only couple great things I've seen from the game was that they were able to get Smith and AJ Brown involved a lot. Like even not even Goddard could even get involved a lot. He only had three catches. Sanders when running the ball, he had sixty-one yards, okay, but he only had, he had twelve carries. Did off twelve carries over. You know, one thing I think I've noticed, Just, I'm sure Ryan would agree with, is the fact that maybe this comes into play. I don't know, but the fact that. Philly is definitely a tough place to play in, and Philadelphia fans are not the kindest to their players who are struggling. I think we've noticed but like, that. But people love Minshew. That's true. But you know what? So we're very, uh, you know, Philadelphia fans are very impatient. People do not love Minshew anymore. I don't know if you've yeah, been living he, under he, a rock for the last two days, <laughs> but if you just log into Instagram, before the game, because he didn't, he didn't screw up yet. First time you screw up, guess what? Philly fans are out for your neck. I thought he screwed up against Dallas. I thought, yes, he put up 34, but I don't even think it was anything to Minshew. I thought it was was a great game plan. I thought thought what I saw is he turned the ball over twice. One of them, a horrible interception. Also, by the way, that interception at the end of the the Saints game, that is terrible. That is miscommunication, him not having a grasp of the offense and just throwing it to A.J. Brown, and we lost. Right. And against Dallas, two interceptions, and uh, not even just Minshew, but we fumbled the ball t- twice. So we had like what four turnovers. Well, that's the I reason we gave up forty. It was not. I think our defense gets too much hate. Like I think Minshew, this Minshew-led offense is giving the defense these. You, you know, you know, honestly, what I think the situation is. I think what? the rest of the Eagles team played well enough against Dallas to where the point where you could rightfully say. Hertz comes in and wins the game. I, I think the entire team as a whole played so bad against the Saints that it does become questionable whether you can say that. So I think that's why there's the increased hate towards Minshew. It was just so bad that you the, the argument that Hertz goes in and wins that game is even in question. Well, right. I know I agree with that. Like I that the play like like I said before, the pull that play calling in the first half. Well, I think we had 16 total yards in the first half offensively. It was one of the worst offensive-led like, halves of football ever I've ever seen. We, the defense was on the field the entire game, the entire half. Um, Minshew would go in, 
and we would throw the ball three times, three and out. And then in the second half, we start running the ball a little bit with Sanders and we get into a rhythm. And then we score AJ Brown long touchdown. Minshew's looking more comfortable because we ran the ball. Like I just don't really understand what's going through Steichen's well, head. It was just terrible. It was so, just from someone who was at the game, obviously, you know, I, I could imagine the fans were. Could you tell that there was like maybe some booze going for Minshew or anything like that? Obviously, I mean that's what the I entire said. the entire stadium was booing Minshew. Everyone was freaking out, cursing out Minshew. Not only that. People were actually um, freaking out on Jonathan Gannon, which, I, once again, I don't really understand the hate towards Gannon. But I'd say the only thing um, with Gannon that uh, I, I gets me a little frustrated is I wish he would blitz more. But other than that, I just don't understand the hate towards Gannon. Everyone was torching Gannon, and no one was saying a thing about Steichen. And I thought the play calling is what's killing us right now. Yeah, I, I mean, think... I think the defense's problem also lies with the offense because for years, the Eagles have been one of the best teams in the NFL in terms of time of possession. Um, that's why their defense has always been good, regardless of if they had defensive talent or not. But yeah. the last two games, I'm pretty sure the Eagles have just been completely dominated in terms of time of possession. I think at halftime of last game, the Saints have been on the field for like 17 minutes or like 20 minutes. The Eagles had 10. It was just yeah. it was just bad. Yeah. The Saints were on the field terrible. for seven minutes. The Eagles were on the field for twenty three minutes. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, um, so I've been hearing this um, these discussions uh, from Eagles fans that have overreacted from things on Twitter. Are uh, Eagles frauds? No. Are they I, frauds? I, I like you. You can't. I don't think it's enough to judge this team. With their QB two, I think you need to get Jalen Hurts back in there. I also think, very importantly, you need to get Lane Johnson back in there to see what this team is capable of. Because, like Ryan said, a lot of how the offense is playing is going to affect the defense. If Jalen Hurts is out there milking the clock, if he's you know QB running, if he's doing whatever he can, if he's not getting stacked, I mean, if he's moving the offense forward and he's playing like the QB one he's been playing like all year, it takes time off the clock. The defense is playing less, and I think the defense plays better as well. I think it's hard to judge the team without two of their best offensive players. I agree. I, I, I just think the, the coordinators don't really have a game plan with Minshew, and they do with Hurts, and it's, sh it's showing. And I don't I think the Eagles are frauds, but I do think the last two games, what they did show is that the NFC is wide open. Um, yeah. I don't think there's a before, – before this week, I would have said – the 49ers are winning the NFC, no questions asked. But I didn't really like how they looked against the Raiders, and I'm kind of leaning towards the idea that anybody can win the NFC besides the Vikings. That makes playoffs. Besides the Vikings and the Giants. I think even the seventh seed, if the Packers make the seventh seed, they have a shot to win it. I think the Packers, Eagles, Niners, and Cowboys, those four teams have an equal shot to win the NFC. And honestly, I could not make a pick on who would win the conference if I had to right now. I think it's, I think it's completely up in the air. I 100% agree with you on there. I think it's. Uh, I think we should move on to uh, your Dallas Cowboys, Ryan. Um, yeah, let's you know, do it. Went against uh, the um, Tennessee. Um, what are they now? Uh, 11, 12. How many wins do they have? They're up to twelve and four. Twelve and four. Yep. You know, Hertz goes in there. Could be rusty. They could lose against New York. New York. Brian Dable's Giants could so, go yeah, out there. Want to revenge on the Eagles? Eagles lose, Dallas wins. 
they take that one spot in the NFC East and the Eagles drop down to the five seed. Do you think it's possible? I have two things to say about that. The first one is, if you remember, week 17, 2020, the NFC East was the worst division in football, and going into the last week, every team had a shot at the playoffs except the Eagles. And I remember, the Cowboys played the Giants at 1 o'clock. The Giants won that game, which eliminated the Cowboys from playoff contention, and it meant that if the Eagles beat the Commanders, the Giants would be going to the playoffs that year, breaking their playoff draft. And what did Doug Peterson and the Eagles do? Oh, so yeah. Benched Wentz, and they played Nate Sudfeld <laughs> to knock the Giants out of the playoffs. I think the Commanders won that game like 10-6. to 6. It was one of the ugliest football games I've ever watched. It was it Nate was. Sudfeld against Taylor Heineke. It was disgusting. Ugh. And um, the Giants were extremely frustrated. Um. They've had some unique hatred for the Eagles ever since that day two years ago. And immediately after the, the Giants clinched the playoffs after beating the Colts last week, Brian DeBull was in his press conference, and the first question he got asked was whether or not the Giants were resting starters against the Eagles. And what he said was immediately he said no. They're not resting starters. So, here's what I think. First, there's that point. Second, the second thing I just wanted to say is that if the Eagles lose the one seed after this year and all the stuff their fans have been saying, that would just be hilarious. But anyway, back to the first point. Um, Brian Dable was emphatic about saying no about resting starters. So I actually think that the, the best chance that the Cowboys have to claim the one seed is if the Niners lose. But I, I, I'm pretty 80% confident that the Giants are giving the Eagles a hell of a game. I don't know if they'll win, but it's going to. They're giving, them, they're giving them their best shot, for sure. So let's think about this. If the Cowboys were to win, that means they would take the division, correct? If the Cowboys win and the Eagles lose, yeah. Right. Yes, if the Eagles lose and the Cowboys win. So that means the Eagles would be, what, the five seed? So they'd have to play the Buccaneers in the first round? Right. Hmm, that'd be an interesting game. I don't think that's the problem, though. I don't think, I don't think, I don't yeah. think the, the first-round opponent is the worry. I think... The team, no. the teams just want home field advantage. Well, I think the team morale too. I mean, after I mean, after being thirteen and one, like I, you know, you just that would be just such a heartbreak. Losing three games in a row to drop from that number one spot, be terrible. With the I NFC agree. being so wide open, I don't well, think it's necessarily yeah. matchups that are so. Well, I honestly think it's, it's the home field that that really is important. Well, yeah, and I mean, the home field is going to go a long way for a conference that's so wide open. Exactly. Yeah, especially um, you know, Eagles have been riddled with injuries the past the past couple of weeks. Um, Lane Johnson is uh, delaying his surgery to come back for the playoffs. Like, it's not just um, it's just so important for the Eagles to have that a bye week, and just for the injury's sake. And um, I think they they just need a win against uh, New York. They they can't screw that up, especially with Hurts in there. And I agree with you. I think it's going to be a great game. At the end we'll of the day, I do think the I do think the Eagles will win that game and get the one seed, but I think it's I think it's not going to be a given. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, I I respect Abel and the Giants. Like, yeah, they, um, year. I I really respect them. You know, he's able to win with uh, Daniel Jones, who I don't think is terrible, but he's nothing special. Um, their entire team is Saquon, but it works. It, they're working. It, 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 I mean, like, Daniel Jones though this weekend. He did really put on a show. I mean, four total touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. 
I mean, it was a blowout. It is against the Colts, but I, you know, I think he showed that if he needs to play with some fire, I think he can do it. No, yeah, I, I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. He's just not necessarily like you know. You look at all the guys like um, oh yeah, the, um, NFC in the playoffs, and you got Brady, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and then you got Daniel Jones. Who's, I just don't even think he's even close to any of those guys on a level, but I don't think he's a bad quarterback. He's just like, he. what I'm saying is Dable's able to win with this guy, who I think is a, one of the most average quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, He's nothing special. He's nothing horrible, but I just respect, I respect him for um, being able to win with him. And I think he uses Daniel Jones' ability to run with Saquon's just dominance perfectly, and it works, and they have a, you know, they have a winning record. They're going to be in the playoffs because of it. And he's a great culture he's built there. But so Dallas, they're so um, the Commanders. Do you think that's a given, Ryan? The Commanders game. Honestly, I do. Um, the Commanders just lost last week and knocked themselves out of playoff contention. They're not so, playing yeah. for anything anymore. Carson Wentz looks like a bottom three quarterback in the NFL. I think they'll go back to Heineke for this week. Just for me to say, but it's true. Um, I I don't I don't know if it's a given, but I'd say it's I'm I'm pretty confident that we're gonna win the game, regardless yeah, on if we're playing for anything or not. I think if if the the Eagles get out to a, a nice lead against the Giants, they'll just pull the starters and put Cooper Rush in because at that point it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you did you guys see the clip of Ron Rivera um kind of surprised that if. Uh, um, the Packers yeah. beat the Vikings, he'd be out of the playoffs. That was like, hilarious. I, I kind of have mixed feelings on that because Save. he did he did give a good explanation for it because he said, I was really only focused on what happens if we won. So it, it's kind of like it makes sense in a way, but at the same time, you got I mean, to you, know. You got to know that as the head coach. Like, come on. Like, I understand being focused only on what happens if you win, but at the same time, you have to know that. Yeah. It, I, I don't really understand. I'm, and his decision to play hurt, I mean, not hurts, Wentz. That like, was bad. Like, you know, your team's on a roll. You know, you got Heineke in there. You know, he's keeping you guys in playoff contention. Like, once again, like, Heineke's one of those guys, like Daniel Jones, who's not, he's nothing special. But uh, he. Heineke, I feel like, is like the perfect journeyman. He's like the yeah. next. He's like the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, a rebuilding team uses him for a year while they're, while they're you know, waiting out. Do you think they could give Sam Howell the nod against the Cowboys just because they're season? I, I did see that that was a possibility. At the end of the day, I, I, think, I think they're going to roll out Heineke just as a respect to him after what they did to him last week. But I do think Sam Howell could get a shot, yeah. Be a yeah, I don't know. Like, Heineke, Heineke I, I really respect Heineke. He's like, like that dude, smart guy. You know, he, uh, he gives you the best chance to win like every single week. I think that... Um, that play against the Eagles, I don't know if he did this intentionally, just dropping to the ground. Like he was probably thinking these guys are just gonna dive onto me. And it worked. And that was the game winning play. I, I wanna make a bold take right now. Okay. I think that next year the commander's quarterback is gonna be one of one of two guys. Oh man. Because I think they got the talent everywhere else on the field besides quarterback. So at the end of the day, I think they're gonna make a big trade. For either they're, first, they're either going to sign Lamar Jackson, oh man, or they're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Wow, wow, we're hearing it first on We Talk Sports. Bold we Talk Sports <laughs> co-host Ryan Force with NFL Insider News. I think that says the Commanders' quarterback next year 
is either going to be Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. And when that happens, I'm going to come back to this clip, pull out this audio, and send it to everybody I know. You know what? I, I honestly do not think that is a bad prediction, though. I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers in this situation. Well, not much of a great situation, but, you know, he's been showing late this season that he can still carry a team if he needs to. Jordan, I think, Love, Jordan Love showed me that he's Jordan ready to Love's go. The future there, and I think Lamar, you know, is kind of maybe coming to an end in Baltimore. I mean, he, he's like, I mean, I, I see all these biased TikToks about the New York Jets, and they're like, oh, my God, we're so getting Lamar Jackson. But I really think, you know, if given the right contract, if given the right setting, he, he could end up in Washington. Who knows? I, I, I can't disagree with that. You know, anything can happen. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers more than likely will be on the move. Lamar Jackson, he's playing for that contract, and you, you never know. We'll see. And I agree with you. I think the I think Washington is a very good defense, very good D line. Um, you know, you got you got uh, you got Terry uh, McLaurin in there. Uh, I I I agree with that. Like the quarterback is easily the most um, needed position in Washington, and I think they get Lamar. They get Aaron Rodgers. They'll be fine. They'll be playoffs, no question. Next year, um, early MVP predictions. Who like? What are your guys' lists for that? Okay. Go ahead. Um, Hertz would have won it if he didn't get hurt because Allen has thrown too many picks. Mahomes yeah. hasn't looked great lately. Um, but Hertz isn't going to win it now because he missed yeah. two games. I think Mahomes eventually is going to end up the winner. But I think a dark horse candidate, especially, like, I don't want to comment on the situation of the Bills-Bengals game. Obviously, it doesn't really matter if that's resumed or not. But, yeah. like, hypothetically, if the Bengals were to beat the Bills last night, if that game played out as normal, you know, obviously, if that situation didn't, unfortunately, um, mm -hmm. didn't unfortunately happen, I think Burrow had a shot at it if he was able to get that AFC one seed. I 100% agree. I, Burrow has been my MVP. Yeah, he, like... He's taking the Bengals, you know. It, it's you haven't really been hearing about the Bengals either much this year. Actually, it's just like they just out of nowhere. Like, damn, they're about to be. They're going to be in the playoffs. Like, it's just like you're surprised that they're just like there. And like Burrow's been so good this season. You know, like you said, like Allen started off the season hot, but he's just been he's been turning the ball over like all the time. Um, he's been inconsistent. Um, Mahomes, he's been on and off. It's Mahomes. Um, He's probably my number two as well. And then Hertz is probably my number three. If he wasn't hurt, he probably would have gotten the MVP. But yeah, right now my um, MVP is Burrow. Griffin, what's yours? If you look at the stats and the fact that like the Chiefs are, I feel like now because of Patrick Mahomes and because of the talent around him, even if he doesn't have Tyree Kill, which I think is the most important thing that we're overlooking. I mean, the dude has 40 touchdowns. And f over 5,000 yards without arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league. Now, you know, obviously he still has Juju, he still has Travis Kelsey, he still has a good surrounding, like, core. But I think yeah, the fact that, like, the Chiefs are just, people are just like, oh, yeah, the Chiefs are a good team. And, like, they, it doesn't go further than that. Like, they just have an expectation of being an elite team. And Patrick yeah. Mahal is still holding that up, you know? And I think there's, the problem is there's reasons for the other quarterbacks to not get the MVP. I mean, Jalen Hurts was there on my list, but he got injured. Josh Allen's been throwing some picks recently, and I think, you know, I think the game last night, obviously, 
whatever Ryan, like what Ryan said is, is what I agree with, but it definitely could have helped Joe Burrow's case, but you just can't overlook playing. You know, I, I agree with you on that. Like, people don't really talk about this. You know, Patrick Mahomes just lost his number one target that he's had the, his entire career. Tyreek Kill is one of the best receivers in the league, and he left. If you look at quarterback, um, quarterbacks right now, like Aaron Rodgers, he lost Adams. He, he took a solid dip this year. Um, they're going to squeak into the playoffs, but Aaron Rodgers overall had not played well. And if you look throughout history, you know, like the quarterback loses their number one target. Like typically, they don't play nearly as well the next season. Mahomes hasn't even lost a beat at all. Like it's mm-hmm. like Tyree Kill didn't even leave. Like he's just got another guy's involved. He's got a new weapon in Juju, who's nowhere near Tyree Kill, by the way, but a great receiver, a, a good, pretty good receiver. Uh, he still got Travis, but. Mahomes has not lost a beat since Tyree Kills left, which I think is one of the most impressive things that people don't really talk about. And he's that's why he's my close second for MVP. But I just don't. I just I just, I think Burrow deserves the MVP currently, at least. And um, do you guys want to keep going? Do you guys want to talk about NFC and AFC? Yeah, I also want to throw one more thing in about MVP. Yeah, um, I saw some people saying. Justin Jefferson deserves it. And while he did have a, a great wide receiver year, obviously he got shut down by Tiger Alexander yesterday yeah, or Sunday. Um, he got shut down by Slay as well. Yeah, it shut down by Slay as well. Games. I, I want to say if Cooper Cup didn't win MVP last year, no wide receiver is ever going to win it because Cup had a historical year last year. Yeah. You know, yards, touchdowns, receptions, triple crown, and yeah. he had even weaker QB competition last year in terms of the MVP race. The yeah. QB stats last year weren't as good as they are this year, and yet a QB still got the award. So I just want to say, if, if Cup doesn't win MVP last year, no wide receiver's ever winning it unless they have like an insanely like historical season, like 2,000 yards. I agree with that. It's, it's just the unfortunate thing. I mean, I agree with that, too. I think it's just really, it comes down to the nature of the quarterback. I, obviously, I'm not dissing any other position, how hard they work, but the quarterback is the leader of the offense. They know the play that's coming in. They know what they're looking for in the defense. And they, I mean, it, the quarterback can make or break it. And I'm not saying that, like, Justin Jefferson is not valuable to his team. But, I mean, we see a lot more often, you know, these six-string wide receivers coming into games and, like, going off than, like, this random quarterback, obviously Brock Purdy might be an exception, but it, it takes a lot of preparation, a lot of learning the playbook, and a lot of being a leader to be a good quarterback. So, you, you could debate that um, all that goes into other positions as well. Yeah, that's, that's true. You know, I disrespect any NFL players that are listening to this. Um, if, if I did, I'm sorry. But uh, that's not what I meant. <laughs> yeah, bro. If you're listening to this, uh, AJ Brown, he didn't need it, bro. Jason, <laughs> you're listening for your podcast, you know, sorry. Uh, if you're trying to get some takes for your podcast, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend anyone. I understand. The, no, seriously, I understand what goes into being an NFL player, regardless of the position. But obviously, it, like, I don't think it's up for debate, debate that the quarterback is the leader of the offense. Griffin uh, Cooper Cup just got highly offended by your uh, oh. by your opinion. Ah, Cooper Cup, I'm sorry, man. Uh, I didn't draft you in fantasy this year, but I kind of wish I would have. But uh, the, uh, I think this is a, a solid stopping point, if you ask me. I think this is uh, okay first episode. I uh, uh, you know, one more thing I think we could talk about very quickly. 
Yeah. What about Super Bowl predictions? What about James Droves attending the Chiefs? Uh, okay, I just got to work, so I got to go. But my Super Bowl prediction, very quickly, my biased take is that the Cowboys beat the Bills. My unbiased take is that we get a Chiefs 49ers rematch and the Chiefs win again. Okay, I respect that. Ryan Horst signing off. Chiefs Super Bowl. Uh, I think this will be it for We Talk Sports on episode one. Uh, I'll see you guys in the next episode. We'll be recording next Tuesday, and uh, hopefully this episode will be dropping Thursday, and uh, I believe every episode will be dropping every Thursday. So hope you guys have an amazing day. I'll see you, Griffin. Hey, cheer on, Brett.